Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unlocking Greatness podcast with Zenja Glass. I decided to give this title, um, title this podcast something that uh, I know might shock you a little bit by the name of the title, but the title is called What Happens When Jesus Arrives Too Late? Or I may call it What Happens When Jesus Comes Too Late? Now, I already know, especially for some very, very religious people out there, and I mean that with respect. Uh, first thing you're going to be thinking is he's never too late. He's always on time. And I actually agree with you. He actually is always on time. But the reason I'm giving it the title, what happens when he arrives too late is because many times from our perception and with, and with the things that we go through in life, we feel at times, let me just speak from my own experience. Oh my goodness. If you had been here just a little bit earlier, you could have prevented this from happening. You know, um, sometimes we can go there with, well, where were you when this happened? So you may be thinking what brought this on. Um, As many of you are aware, um, I lost my son. Uh, You all may not be aware that his birthday was this week. And um, so it was an interesting week. Um, uh, Last night, I just, I can't explain it. For those parents who've lost a child, I think uh, that you would get what I'm feeling. Let me, let me rephrase that. I don't think you have to have lost a child. I don't think that's fair to say that to people. For those who have experienced extreme loss in their life, like a great loss that just really just, just, just knocks you off your feet, then you may be able to understand what I feel. Sometimes you can be doing so well, and then there's, there's, those, there's those moments, and maybe it's just me, but there are those moments where you're like, oh, my goodness, I just cannot believe he's gone. You know, and, and, and it's just such grief and it's such pain, but at the same time, you're still trying to move on in life and, of course, trust in God and do all the things he's asking you to do. But sometimes it just hurts and you just have those moments where you just have to ball up and just cry. So this, everything I'm about to talk to you all about came to me this morning, actually. I got up this morning, I was reading my Bible, and I read through a beautiful, beautiful story um, in John chapter 11, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and it's a story of uh, Mary when Mary lost her brother. And today, for some reason, things popped out on, on the pages to me that I'd never seen before. Like it was almost as if it was just a revelation of things I didn't see. And, and the title just came to me so strongly. What happens when Jesus arrives too late? What happens when he comes too late? And, and there's things from this passage that I got that I want to share. I'm speaking from my heart, and I pray that you all are greatly encouraged um, by this message. So uh, John chapter 11, um, I'm reading from the NIV. I don't know how far I'm going to read into it. I might read the whole chapter, and I might just break it down and read a little part because, you know, as you all know, I have nothing written down. This is just all coming from my heart. But let's dive deep into this. And for those of you... Um, who are hurting, who are going through some things, who are grieving as I am, um, I pray, I sincerely pray that this encourages you, that this is not a discouraging message at all, uh, even though I know the title's a little different, but uh, that it's not a discouraging message. So John uh, chapter 11, the death of Lazarus. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now that's interesting because I didn't know that that was that same Mary. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. 
Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. I have to park there just for one second. I have to park there for a second. Number one, her brother died. The word was brought to him. Uh, where at this point he was sick. And then when he heard this, he immediately, Jesus immediately said, this is going to be for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. It, it dawned on me when I was reading this this morning that, wait a minute, you love him, you care. Why did you not immediately go? You stayed two more days to do what? Why, why didn't he come right when I needed him and right when I wanted him to? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of using a play of words as I'm talking to you all, because I'm actually not questioning Jesus, to be honest with you. I'm more so thinking through, wow, this is the pattern that um, we can easily at times fall into. Like, okay, well, if you love me, why didn't you answer right away? So it says that he stayed two more days. Let's just keep reading. Verse 7, then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, um, it says the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there. Jesus answered, are, not, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. I have to stop right there for a moment. Remember I said a while ago that whenever um, you read the Bible, and again, let me speak from my own experiences because I don't get to tell you exactly how you should go through your Bible. I always ask God to give me a revelation and show me what's behind uh, the, the top layer. There's so many layers to the Bible that you can read a passage and, and you can read it over and over again many years later and it means something totally different because there's all these layers. There's almost like a backdrop. And so I was asking God this morning, of course, as I'm still sitting in grief, but I'm asking God, give me a revelation. Show me what I'm not seeing. And what I was seeing in that is when he says that, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles for he has no light. And what that was sign what that was meaning to me was it's not so much the daylight like walking literally in the daylight or walking in you know when it's when it's dark outside, but it's the it's the it's the spiritual light. If you're walking in light, if we're walking in knowledge of the truth, right? If if we're walking in truth, if we know who God is, if we're walking in the light, then we don't stumble. It's only when we let darkness overtake us, when we let darkness overtake our hearts, that's when we begin to stumble and fall. So that's another revelation that jumped off the pages to me um, as I was reading this. Now I'm in verse 11. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. That's a whole nother subject right there. Uh, his disciples, I'm in verse 12, replied, Lord, if he sleeps, will he get better? Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. I'm in verse 14 now. So when he told, so then he told them plainly, now this is Jesus speaking, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas uh, called uh, Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. 
I, I don't think they were really understanding what Jesus was saying, but let's keep going. In verse 11, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. This is one of those moments when I'm sure the sister felt like you're too late. I needed you at that time and you weren't there. And now not only is he dead, but he's been dead for four days. Verse 18, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Remember, Mary, that was her brother, so she was greatly grieving. In verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God would give you whatever you ask. So we just pause there for just a moment. She's initially saying, you're, you're late. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. If you had been here, this situation wouldn't have happened. But then her faith tells her, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she quickly got up and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, um, in the house uh, confronting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, here's, here's, this, here's this statement again, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So again, paraphrasing in my own words, Lord, you're too late. If you had, you know, this is me paraphrasing, if you, if you had been here, if you had done something about the situation, my brother would not have died. In verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trouble. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. In verse 35, one of the shortest verses, uh, verses in the entire Bible, John eleven thirty-five, Jesus wept. I want to park there for just a moment as well. So far I'm seeing, I'm talking to you all, but I'm talking to myself. So far, I'm seeing that Jesus knew what was going on. And even though it may have seemed late to them, he still was aware of what was going on. Secondly, I'm seeing they are human just like many of us are. You know, they're like, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. If you were here, he wouldn't have died, right? Third part I'm seeing is that Jesus actually cared. The fact in verse 35, it says he wept. I, I used to think about that passage and think, 
okay, what does that mean that he wept? He deeply loved um, this person, not only the sisters, but but this the, this man who died. And I don't know for you all, because everyone goes through things differently in life, but for me, I know this is going to sound weird. You, you, let's just consider this a family talk, because I'm, I'm just talking to you guys at this point. I, I'm kind of going left field at this point, but I'm just, I just got to talk from my heart. Sometimes when I'm sitting and I picture like I'm sitting next to God, like if, if Jesus is sitting next to me, um, it's almost as if when I'm grieving or mourning, and this isn't even just about death, so if you've not experienced anyone that died close to you, this can just be grieving and mourning anything in life. You know, it could be the loss of a job, it could be the loss of a relationship, you know, or whatever it is. Sometimes, uh, or you're thinking through some things that happened in your past, right? Sometimes I literally say these words to him. I literally say to him, I literally say to him, Jesus, it's okay. It's okay. Because it's as if I can feel his presence next to me, weeping with me. And it's such an interesting, I, I can't quite explain it because it, I, I literally just feel his presence next to me and him feeling my pain and feeling my sorrow, feeling um some of the hardships and some of the hard times I've gone through in life and I'm sitting there and and I'm in it for a moment in that spot and it's as if he's just weeping just as hard as I am and I literally sometimes I can be in my closet I literally say God my answer is still yes I still follow you I still worship you and then I say it's okay it's okay Lord it's okay because it's as if in the spirit he's weeping with me he's weeping with me and I'm just saying it's okay so I'm literally comforting him in the spirit and you may say well Z I don't know how that works we don't have to know how that works I'm just telling my own experience I literally something in me begins to comfort the spirit that's grieving in me and saying it's okay it's okay Lord I am still going to follow you and do your will. I know that this pains you as much as it pains me, but it's okay. I'm still going to serve you. So Luke 11:35 says Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, "See how he loved him." But some of them said, "Could he could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept his man from dying?" You see that blame that they're casting? So you did all these other miracles, right? Why didn't you keep this man from dying? You know, this is what some of the Pharisees, um, some of, the, some of the, the other people were saying. Verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Jesus, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. My God, just that statement alone. I knew that you always hear me. 
But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Then Jesus had, when he, when he had said, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his eyes and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Then Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now, let me tell you what this symbolized to me this morning and, and why I feel like God led me to, because this was not even planned for me doing this podcast episode. I wasn't in the mood of doing a podcast episode, right? Like who's in the mood for doing something like this in this moment? But God just gave me such a revelation in this. So let's back up just a little bit. In verse 38, he told them to take away the stone. And remember I said, and I'm going to always repeat this, when you look at the Bible, yes, you look at it as face value, but then you go deeper. You have to go levels deeper. That's why I ask God to reveal the mysteries, the hidden mysteries of his words, the revelation. So what does that mean to me when he shows up on the scene too late? When we attempted to feel like if you had just been here, what does that mean? He shows up and he says, take away the stone. Now, for me, and it may mean something totally different to you, so I'm just sharing my heart. When I think of a stone, especially when I read those kind of words in the Bible, or a rock, for me, I think almost like a hard heart, like a hardening, something that's been, something that's blocking, that's put in that place to harden my heart. A stone, a rock, something that's not movable, you know such as losing my faith or or feeling like, man, if you had just been there, this wouldn't have happened. And allowing there to be this hardening, this rock, this stone, that's just me. I'm giving my revelation. Maybe this will relate to you, maybe it won't, but I get to give mine. So for me, what, what, it, what it means to me is he shows up and he's like, take away, I'm going to take away this stone, this hardness, this rock. And so the rock was removed. And then he goes on to say, Um, did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? And it's almost as if he's saying, can you still trust me and believe me even in this situation? And I love that he says to them, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this, basically saying, I'm I'm saying this for them. Like, I I know, Father, that you hear me, but I'm saying this for for them so that they may believe and know that you sent me. And I love that he comes up and in verse 40, was it verse 43, when Jesus had came, uh, when, when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. He's, he's calling that dead man out of the grave. He's calling that dead situation back to life again. Removing that stone excuse me, that hardening, that rock. And he's speaking life. Into what we can easily perceive as death. He's speaking hope into what looks like despair. He's speaking um, gladness into what looks like mourning. He's speaking faith into what looks like lost faith and lost hope. Does that make sense? 
that's what I see behind the scenes, at least when I read the scriptures. Because this, for me to have randomly turned to this this morning, especially after the grieving and things I went through last night, I just was thinking, oh my God, how amazing are you that you would show me this great revelation? He literally said in verse uh, 44, take off the grave clothes and let them go. And it's as if, it's as if the spirit is speaking to me saying, it's as if the spirit is speaking to me saying, I want you to live. I want you to have a renewed hope, a renewed faith. There's light that still comes out of this. There's still life. Take off the grave clothes. And he said, and, and, and the scripture says, and let them go. Now, this is my revelation. This is what I feel when I read through this passage. It helped me so much to, to answer the question, what happens when Jesus arrives too late? And my answer to that question is, he's never too late. In my time frame, he can be too late. But what happens when he arrives too late? When he does arrive, he brings and he gives life to what seems like death. He comes and he's able to soften a hardened heart. He comes and he's able to still give me hope when I'm hurting or when I'm in pain or when I feel like it's a hopeless situation. He comes and he gives me joy in the middle of my sadness. He comes and he removes my grave clothes, right? And he robes me with the robe of righteousness. He comes and he delivers me. You know, he delivers me from what seems like death. He delivers me from, 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 from going down a pathway that would lead me further away from him. He comes and he brings light because he walks in the light. So I pray that this has encouraged you all. Maybe for some of you it made no sense at all. But that's my answer to whenever the enemy is trying to tempt me in any way. And I don't I don't even want to give the enemy credit. You know, I don't even know if he gets any credit in this at all, because sometimes I don't think it's the enemy that tempts that. Sometimes I think it's just being human that, man, God, why did this happen? Where were you? So for me, my answer, what happens when Jesus arrives too late? Or what happens when he comes too late? The obvious answer to me is he's never too late because when he comes, he's able to renew and give life. I pray you've been encouraged. I love you all. This is Z with Unlocking Greatness Podcast.